Welcome back to The Backmarkers, the F1 podcast for new fans by new fans. My name is Mike Hurley and I am joined in person by Austin Evans. Hi Austin. This is a revolutionary concept. We're doing is- it. <laughs> We're doing it. Have we done a show, this show in person? No. Because no. I remember we talked about the idea of if we could ever like go to a race together. Maybe we record we like, live or something. One day we will do that. Like yeah. I, I would like to do that very much. Maybe maybe Vegas next yeah, year. Yeah, Vegas. Let's uh, do it. But yeah, we're I'm here in the wonderful Overclock Studios. And uh, we decided we'd record today because the season's just ended. Yes. The 2023 Max, I mean, Formula One season. <laughs> Max <ended>. season? <laughs> Sorry. Wait, what, what sport do we Max's uh, race car uh, track, uh, you know, where everyone drives on Max's uh, tracks and yeah. gets to play his races. It's really yeah, fun. It's really good. It's really good. <laughs> We're very thankful for him. So I, I thought today I want to talk about the season as a whole. Yeah. Um, review our predictions, which I still have not looked at, and I'm very excited. Like I was putting a document together, I did not look. At them. That's impressive. I just, I just moved them. I, I a few weeks ago accidentally looked down. I was going through the doc, yeah. and I looked. I, I took a little peek. Little There's peek, one little of peek. them that has been like haunting me for like half the season, <laughs> so I remember that. But before we get to that, we had the final race of the season. In yes. Uh, we. I did not watch live. Okay. Because I'm here in your time zone. Oh, so you got to experience West Coast F1. 5 a.m. It's great. Didn't want to do it. Love it. But good friend of mine, Casey, shout out to Casey, shared with me his F1 TV login. Yeah. F1 TV is really good, by the way. We it's good here. Uh, so I was able to rewind back yeah. and we kind of watched it on like a one hour delay. That's actually a good way of doing it too. I'll do that sometimes when like early races because if there's like a red flag, especially like qualifying mm-hmm. and stuff, just skip, 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 skip. It's yeah. actually, it's, it's nice. When it started out, there were... The commentators, I was like, oh, who are these guys? And then he was able to find the button, turn it back to Crofty. Yeah, like, yeah, you got to always like go back. It was like broken in my brain. Like, yeah. I was like, who is to this fair, guy? Uh, the F1 TV commentators, it's uh, Alex and I forget who the other guy is. But um, th- I've always heard that they're very good. They are good. I've tried, but, but it's, it just it's doesn't different. sound right to me yeah. to hear it. Uh, did you see, by the way, the, yes. the FP2 it, or whatever, when he did the behind the scenes thing? Yes. So good. So it's if you haven't, so, so good. Oh so uh, this video, uh, I actually I saw it shared on Twitter, and I, I saw it on threads. So I don't know if you uh, you have this ex- uh, experience. So a lot of the stuff that Sky shares on Twitter is region locked. So what I'll do is I'll see it on Twitter, and then the video will like pretend to play for a second, oh. and then immediately say this is blocked in your country. So most Sky things I can't see. Okay, this is one that they had unblocked probably because it went semi-viral. But essentially, if you haven't seen it, the video is it's Crofty walking you through the commentary booths, so showing like all their notes and everything, and it is the smoothest thing I've ever seen. He he literally transitions so you can see like the actual live feed going so you know you see all the intros and he transitions perfectly from showing his notes sitting down in the seat and he's beginning to commentate fp2 like, or whatever i yeah it's i i don't know if it i think a lot of people can appreciate what yes. he's doing there but like if you produce things for a living for people to hear the idea that he is doing this whole, he does this whole, like, it's just super good, like, the way he, he shows yeah. everything that they're doing and explains what each screen shows them during the races. And he's like, oh, but i got to get going now. And he's like, um, what? And it's, it is, like, there is no break in him. Yeah. Like, he's talking solidly for, like, four minutes to do this tour, and it just immediately starts with FP2. And is ready with, like, his quips and jokes, like, yeah. immediately. Like, there's no thinking time. It, you know, like I know that the commentators, whatever, they always get a lot of flack, like these people yeah, always do. Yeah, yeah. But like, what a prof- like just unbelievable, unbelievable professionalism. Imagine if he messed that up in the beginning of Epi Two. So he goes, <clears throat> uh, "Are we on? Hey, uh, yo, know. it's me, it's your buddy." Like, it's but wild. I think that's just the thing. Is that I don't even think he was intending to flex. Yeah, but he just did oh. it. Just because that was his, like, what he was up to. Go find <laughs> it's it's everywhere online. It's like worth well worth if it. you haven't seen it already. What was your what was your feeling about the Abu Dhabi race? So it was kind of twofold because, like, on one hand, it was by Abu Dhabi standards a pretty decent race. We had a little bit yeah. of constructor drama. There, you know, there was a a fight for was it P four and, and the P two and constructors, P four and drivers. And drivers, like, it was it was interesting. There was a little bit like you know Charles actually had like a little bit of 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 momentum there. It felt like at least for the opening stint. But I will admit that it did feel like. It's been so many races, and the championship has been settled for so long. Yeah. It did feel like there was a little bit of a lack of energy. Yeah. Obviously, we're never going to match 2021 again. I mean, that was the like the most drama for an end-of-season race 
ever. I, was, I haven't seen that race. I won't watch it. Oh my god, my uh, I forgot you've still never seen this. I haven't seen oh it. Why god. would I watch it? I, I forgot that you've never seen it. I watched that race now. Well, it was a, it was one of my favorite sporting moments that I've ever experienced live. Was watching Abu Dhabi twenty twenty one. Look, if I would have seen it live, yeah. incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I know the ending, and the ending makes me mad. That's fair. Why That's would fair. I watch it? And in case uh, anyone so who's I was on a plane, that, that's because yeah, you were literally like flying home. Yeah, or I was flying right? home. Yeah. So in case anyone's listening who is not familiar with the Abu Dhabi twenty twenty one race, that is the race that settled that season where it was Max versus Lewis, and luckily for everyone involved, there was no drama involved with the uh, decision by where, a certain where Michael. Just and, made up some rules. Uh, yeah, that all because it's motor racing. Yeah, yeah. Look, rules are a figment of our imagination. And, <laughs> and they, Michael Messi doesn't have a job anymore. Yeah, <laughs> the end of that. yeah. Well, you know what? But yes, but I thought it was a decent race. What did you think? I, I enjoyed it, and like what I did like about it is there were still stakes online. Like that, I, I feel like last year, to my memory. This wasn't really the case, or at least it wasn't the case for something important. Mm. But second in the constructors yeah. is a big deal. Yeah. And the fact that that was being decided and was changing throughout yes. the race. Like, I, I, I do think the Sky did a good job, or F1, F1 did a good job of like showing how the points yep. were like, if Same. it finishes right now. And that was kind of cool because it was like, oh, uh, is there going to be any more pit stops? Pit strategy was really interesting. Yeah. Um, poor color signs. Man, I felt for him when he came on the radio. I was like, hey, basically asking the engineer, like, hey, I'm kind of lost. What are we doing right now? I was like, man, that's just not where you want to be. Which I, I, I don't – look, maybe people would say I'm wrong, but it feels like a very strange strategy to hope for a safety car. Well, I think like they were that, committed at that point, weren't they? If that they? was forming the basis of your strategy – but it was clearly forming the basis of their strategy. Yeah, the that's fair. That's fair, yeah. And like that – and I know they said like there's a 40% chance of a safety car at Abu Dhabi, yeah. but that's not even half. Right? Yeah, I mean? so, yeah, yeah. Like that, that is like a, I don't know. Like that seems like quite a peculiar thing to base your entire race around. Yeah, is hoping there will be a safety car. Like that I, sometimes to me feels like that is a really good plan B. Mm, yeah. But it didn't really feel like Ferrari had much of a plan A. Well, I mean, and also then like this has been widely criticized, but but I do. As I, you know, I, I feel it too. The fact that Charles Leclerc mm-hmm. was explaining to the Ferrari pit wall <laughs> his strategy for getting pe- like that was really impressive. It was incredible. I don't know if you've seen the have you seen the unedited footage of this? No. no. So when Charles is giving what he wants to do, yeah. there's a moment where he's taking a couple of corners and he stops talking takes the corners and finishes his sentence. Wow. Because it's like it he's gotta focus on that moment. Yeah. So he's like he's like, oh so I wanna do I wanna like you know we'll pull back, grab to Paris like hold on. He's like and then we'll just try and like that was cool. And you know, obviously I wanted Ferrari in P two. Yeah yeah yeah. Uh, sorry I wanted Mercedes in P two, not Ferrari in P two. No, no, I, so I, I did the first like, take first take best take. God damn it child <laughs> I appreciated that what he did not do was hold up George. Yes. Yes. He did that very fair. I think even Toto had mentioned like, hey, that was a real gentleman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, because, I mean, you think back again to 2021, uh, Checo, which I don't think he did anything wrong, but Checo certainly was very much the rear gunner for Max. You know, he was doing his best to hold him up. I don't think he did anything wrong. Um, But you can imagine that Leclerc could have just parked his car or done something dangerous or stupid. Like, he was trying to be tactical. You know, I think he let George through, right? Because he's trying to help... George get it far enough ahead, so because wait no, no he let Perez sense. through. He let, yeah, sorry, he let Perez through. It just oh yeah, because he's trying to hold up George. So yeah, it's so he let Perez through, and was trying to get it so that he would remain second, yeah. but because Perez would get the penalty to knock him back. Yeah, he needed more than five be seconds of gap. Enough gap that now Perez would retain third, right. put George back into fourth, and then they would win. And then they would be second in constructors. Yeah. It's a smart strategy. It's just a shame that the guy in the car was the one who had to come up with it. Yeah. So uh, I was actually the other day listening to um, the uh, the official F1 uh, Beyond the Grid podcast um, where they were interviewing Bernie Collins, who is, uh, I know she's doing some commentary for Sky this Bernie's year. But so good. So she's good. She's like ex-strategy director. Yes. Yeah, so Aston she was uh, Aston Martin slash Racing Point slash Force India. Yeah. Um, and it's fascinating because, you know, her job was to make these strategy decisions. Mm-hmm. And there's some really interesting bits in that podcast. By the way, just it, Beyond the Grid is a terrific podcast. Yeah, if you, you enjoy this. It me a lot. It, there is 
very regularly, like they had Mario Andretti on, and it was just wild to hear him talking about stuff like, you know, from, you know, his championship winning days. And, and it just, it's a terrific podcast. So if you enjoy this and you're looking for your F1 fix over the winter, definitely check out Beyond the Grid. There's so many great episodes, but um, it's just interesting to think about it from the strategy perspective because it is so easy for us sitting at home, go, oh, of course, you should be doing this or that or whatever. But it's different when you, like, you know, oh, yeah. she, she talks a little bit about how, like, she appreciates not going to the races because, like, when you're there, your race is your cars plus or minus a couple cars around. Like, you don't care about the rest of it. And I feel like it's easy to get tunnel vision with that. But when you watch it on TV and you got Crofty telling you all this stuff, you're like, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> Obviously, the medium hard is the fastest strategy. But it's like, it's not that simple when you're in the trenches. You have to think about your tire allocation. You have to think about the gaps between, like, where you're going to fall in. Like, it's just, there's so much more to it. It's, it's really yeah. interesting. So I, I have a little bit more sympathy. I'll yeah. have to listen to that. I, to, I like, don't know how good I am at this, really, but like, in my mind i like to try and think to myself that i i don't like to try and criticize the teams and the drivers too much because i can't understand and i only feel like i have this opinion because they did something that didn't go well you know what i mean like and so it's like oh i feel like i would know what i would do even though i don't have any idea when i'm but like it just seemed like in that moment it was very strange that somebody had the idea Mm. but the idea was shaw yeah right like that that is the weird part to me of like it's it's just strange that he was the person to make the suggestion to the pit wall about how to retain the thing that affects him but isn't really his responsibility which is like where the team yeah yeah, it was just like a strange but anyway the race overall pretty good was good for a final race of the season yeah no i totally agree especially because abu dhabi is just not a exciting racetrack like i mean it feels like it should be but it's just uh, there are very few, uh, 2021 notwithstanding, there are very few, like, good, interesting races. Like, it feels like it's very much just sort of a, you know... I like the way it looks. I like the way that it transitions from day to night. Cool. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like that look that, you know, over the course of the two hours, the track changes. We don't really see a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. I think, and actually, so, that, that might... It might be the only race I think that they it do might that. be. I think. Uh, we're probably forgetting something. But, yeah, it was a good race. It was yeah. certainly a good race. But it did just feel like a little bit of a quiet conclusion to the season but i also think part of that is just a little bit of burnout too it just feels like there have been a lot of races, especially you know vegas was literally last week and then we're straight to abu dhabi five races in six weeks yeah 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 which i mean look i'm all for a ton of fun racing Mm -hmm. but it's a little less exciting when it's all of those races when a lot of the big questions have already been answered um so there wasn't a lot of like oh there's no new drama with like new upgrades or anything like that it was very much just kind of like oh Okay, here's one more. Here's one more. Oh, this track's a little bit different. Oh, the, you know, like there were storylines, but that many races that fast. I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna be kind of okay with a couple months to kind of reset and re-energize because yeah. 2023 was a season of dominance in a way that wasn't always super exciting to watch. I'll say no, no. I mean, Max Verstappen is the champion of everything. There's no Verstappen for Staffen. No Crofty, clean line. I've got to say, by the way, it's like <laughs> that when he said that. Like sometimes with Crofty, I'm like, how long have you been sitting on this? Like I know you didn't just come up with this. Like was it four weeks ago that you yeah. wrote this one down, Crofty? Like, what are you doing? But like, you know, it, it, this is a season, an unprecedented season in so many ways, right? Like just the pure idea that one driver. Yeah. On his own, mm-hmm. won the constructor championship by a lot. Too. It is truly incredible what yeah. he did. I would like to actually, before we move on, run through the standings. Yeah, of course. Like yeah, we, let's maybe do it. Maybe we can touch on a few. Should we start with the teams? Sure, sure. Let's do it. Uh, so Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari. There's three points between them. McLaren, which, by the way, good job. What a turnaround. Yeah, like <laughs> that is truly like for me. Maybe the most impressive thing of the season. I agree. Is because like what Max did is not surprising. Yeah, that he did that because yeah. like last year was incredible for him. This year he just continued that. But McLaren looked like they were out, yep. like done, and they came back to like be fourth. Is kind of I, I best of the rest. Maybe you would count it. I would think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like it's a hundred points difference well, I mean, between how many, Ferrari how, and McLaren. How so. many podiums in a row did Lando get toward the end of the season? It was like so four many. or five, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was really yeah. on it. Really on it. Uh, Aston Martin, who I would actually, I, I did want to talk about uh, things that were like disappointing and surprises, but yeah. I'm just kind of spoiling it now. But like, yeah. I think Aston Martin are among my bigger disappointments for the season, <sighs> just because it seemed like yeah. 
they were going to be the Red Bull challenger, I mean, right? Fernando was saying how he's going to be on the podium every single race yeah. for the rest of the year. And it, it fell apart so fast. Like, basically, yeah. it was like you had Aston and McLaren, and they just flipped. Yes. And then that was the end of it. And so, yeah. like, I was really excited about Aston Martin's season. And, like, it was like, oh, upgrades. What are they going to do with upgrades? Maybe they're going to close the gap. And their upgrades sent them backwards. That, that's the thing. I think looking at Aston and McLaren, it's like a really interesting sort of dichotomy there because when you look at what McLaren did, they realized pretty quickly in preseason that they were going down the wrong route. They hit the big red reset button. Basically, uh, we're inspired like the rest of the grid has been by the Red Bull design. Put that in. But remember at uh, before even testing when they did the car reveal, they straight up said, hey, this thing's going to be kind of slow, but we're working on something better. I think yep. most people are like, yeah, of course, you're going to say that. And they, they, they did re- that like was real. an apology video kind of thing, right? Where they, yeah. Like people made fun of it at the time, but like clearly McLaren were coming from a place of, no, we know we messed up and like we're, we're going to work on it. And they did. And it was yes. incredible. And they got to show some really impressive outings. Absolutely. And on the flip side, Aston came on strong and they had kind of done a lot of the work. Again, they sort of got started on their sort of Red Bull style concept car mm-hmm. late last year. So when the season come, came around, they were in really good shape and super, super competitive. But I think what we've seen is that throughout the year, they kind of moved backwards they even sort of like stagnate they kind of moved backwards with a lot of their upgrades like you said i think that their final sort of couple of races they're pretty much back to their they earlier reverted. spec they reverted which, to an earlier car when you're making actively negative steps instead of at least treading water it's taking steps forward it's very understandable that you're going to struggle and i think uh, it's you strange fear. that like you could be this far in with the car design that you have yeah. and the things that you think are going to improve your design make it worse like yeah. that is like a, that must be quite concerning especially because you're burning that development time yeah. and the resources so it's like because again you think about the reason why they were able to make such a big jump is that they were able to invest a lot of their time and money early or last year right so they had a head start on everyone you would think that you know for example red bull they've had a head start and they've seized that and they've continued to invest and build on from there if you basically burn three, four, five, six months of development time and money, you're now six months behind the ball. Mm-hmm. And you can see that they went from being pretty clearly the second fastest car to the Mid- fifth fastest car. Yeah, the good, sixth good midfield. Yeah. So it's like you got to be concerned for them as far as that momentum for the future, as far as like if they were at the very end of the season still not understanding what was wrong now, what are they going to do next year to make that better? Because if you're in the wilderness, you don't want to just start walking in random ways and just hoping. But if you sit still... You're going to drop. So I would be quite concerned. But that being said, still a very successful season for one half of the drivers for this particular team. And I think that yep. one half of the drivers, not to name names. Yeah, I, I do wonder what it would be like. with a, But, I mean, there are a bunch of teams, though, where that's the case. Like yeah, Most of them. I, I would actually, yeah. There's a lot of one-sided fights between yeah, teammates this year. I mean, if you, I guess... There are there are a handful of teams where that's not the case though, right? Like yeah. Mercedes, Ferrari, McLaren. Yep. yep. We're gonna talk about it in a second, but like Alpine. Yep. Maybe Alpha Tower. They're like pretty matched. Yeah. But uh, I, I mentioned Alpine, absolutely forgettable. Like I forget yeah. that they're there a lot of the time yeah. this year. Like I don't know what's going Until on. Until they're over crashing there, into but, each other. <laughs> like I, uh, I was, my wife Edina mentioned Otmar. She, is it going anything going to happen to Otmar? Like is he going to go anywhere else? And I was like, oh my god, I forgot he was fired this season. Yeah. Right? Like a few races. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, Otmar was gone. Like and so uh. like they, I don't really know what's going on at Alpine. They 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 have a lot of celebrity backing now yeah. which is very strange as like a consortium well, of different sports well, people that totally makes sense i mean i think it's to me it's like renault have no faith in this project and they're trying to sell off bits and pieces of it and try to make yeah, some money yeah, back okay. i think they're trying to get the hell out of there that's that's my opinion maybe opinion. that yeah that's a, yeah that's good that makes sense the consortium of celebrities that they have is very strange to I me wonder how, like how do you think that happened do you think it's like because clearly not all f1 teams are on the market and when they are no. it's not like hey we're going to sell 20% you know it's all behind closed doors do you think it was one of those things where uh Renault were like hey you know what we've dumped so many millions and you know maybe even billions at this point into our team we've got to start pulling ourselves out a little bit let's put like 15% up let's start shopping it around and maybe like cuz it's it's weird that like it was really a true consortium of celebrities because you that think has like grown too. Absolutely, you think like Aston. So I believe uh, Lawrence Stroll sold a chunk of Aston, but I believe that was to like another investor, or whatever. Like you know the way you would normally think about, it, like oh, I'm going to sell ten percent of my company to some hedge they fund sold it or to whatever. A Ramco? 
Like the, oh, that's a good question. I don't actually know who purchased okay. the chunk, but I know I, that I might be misunderstood. I, I could believe it because Aramco is certainly their their big sponsor, and they've got plenty of money yeah. thanks to oil prices. Um, but yeah, so it's just kind of interesting that like, yeah, a bunch of celebrities. But uh, whatever, who cares? I mean, it's it's, it's fine. And sports stars. I mean, and it's weird. There's like a lot of like we're all being on social media, you know, like Rory McIlroy is carrying uh, Ocon's helmet, which is just like really weird. Anyway, but like, yeah. yeah. Uh, in, Obviously, it makes sense that like a lot of these stars would want to get into Formula One, like sure. it's a big growing sport. Um, so th- there's some sense there, but you the buy team itself team. is just not really. Yeah, I mean, look, they're sixth to 120 points. They're going down to seventh, which is Williams at 28 points. So there is a there is a big difference yeah. there, but Alpine just were very middle and mm. always middle and yeah. mostly forgotten about. But seventh place for Williams, man. I'm Oof. so excited about this yeah james vows is like <laughs> team principal god he is you hear him speak you have to hear him? oh of course yeah, yeah yeah i really really recommend the williams instagram account yeah good follow because every monday like sunday night or monday or whatever james will will do a little video where he'll explain some decision that was made on why they made it mm. like james vows has such an incredible career yeah. ahead of him Whatever he decides to do, yeah. he could, you know, go and, you know, he, I think he's going to continue to to look at Williams as like and, and build them up. Yeah. Because remember, he came in at the very beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. So like he had to do a lot of work fast to try and make any difference. So now he's been there for a year. Hopefully we'll start to see some yeah. change. The same for Frederick Vasseur Ferrari, to be honest. Yeah. Like, my hope, because I, I saw a thing that he was apparently... They had a big meeting at Ferrari and he's like, all right, I have a list of all the things we've done wrong. We're now going to... F- not do those anymore. Yeah. But like I or James Vowles could go into sports presenting like he would be very good. You know, I feel oh, like he's going to well I, I mean I feel like the rumor wasn't it that he was going to be, you know, he's going to come back to Mercedes in a few years and replace I mean, Toto when he's ready to retire. I don't like even know if it needs to be if it, I don't know if it's a rumor. It just seems like the logical thing. It would to be the happen, move. Yeah, right? like 5 but years like, from now Toto's Toto like, just wants to be CEO. Yeah. Because he is, and like yeah. not, and but, and then James Vows has all this experience as being uh, a team principal. Yeah. Go, like, cause it, it seems logical. Yeah. Whether it happens or not, I don't know. But Williams like, is very much the uh, Mercedes Junior team, yeah. not only for drivers, yeah, but yeah. I guess apparently for team principals. Yeah, but they are they are. I think Williams right now are poised for better things. Yeah. Next season, yeah. Uh, Alpha Tauri, absolute disappointment. Twenty five points, like such a bad season for them. <sighs> They really yeah. just clawed a bunch of those points at the end of the season, too. Yeah, yeah. Yuki and, and Daniel were, uh, scored. Uh, Daniel got, like, a, was a sixth place or something? Yeah. Um, and Yuki was seventh. On, mm. you know, but that, like, really, like, a lot of those points were very recent. Yeah. Not great for them. Alfa Romeo, like, what is going on? Oof. Like, 16 points, and then Haas at 12. I kind of, I didn't I'm happy realize. everyone scored points. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Because well, there are years fair. where multiple teams don't. That's true. And so, like, I, I'm pleased that everybody scored points. But, I, like, I was surprised that Haas ended up 10. I did not even realize that until this race. That I was like, oh, wait, I didn't realize. Because I feel like they've spent a lot of the, the year around like eighth, seventh, eighth, something like that. But, yeah. like, for considering how good their qualifying was for so like, how many times did they get through to Q3? Like, I felt like it was a lot. And they yeah. converted almost none of that to anything, which, you know. I, the understanding I have from commentary is it seemed like. They have very, very bad tire management. Yeah. Like they could light up the tires fast, which is why they were good in qualifying, but then they would just fall to pieces. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know how you do that. Like that seems like such a strange Well, you're just you're super aggressive on your your setup or your like the way the car is or whatever the case is. But like it makes sense if you want to optimize your one lap pace, but but why not... would you want to do that? Well, to get good qualifying, I mean, that, yeah, but that's what fair. is that if you can't if you can't convert, convert it, yeah, yeah, yeah. To it's clearly too far on yeah. the the thing. It's like great, you can qualify really well, but then by lap two, you're at the back. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. your tires are falling <laughs> it's off. It's not oh. really like a great strategy, <laughs> especially because quali- you know, like qualifying. Yeah, it's very strange. But yeah, can we get down to the end and and really like Alpha Tari has some story to it about Alpha Romeo and Haas is like. There's just not really any story going on there. It's well, just like they just are where they are. I think the story for me would be, so you look at that, and obviously one year is one year, but Alfa Romeo, uh, this is the last year they're going to be known as Alfa Romeo. It does seem like they do have a new title sponsor, which they said they're not going to announce until uh, like January or whatever, whenever the actual entry list Saudi. is published. 
Uh, right? Like, no, no, they specifically said Audi are not, even though Audi oh, are said, in the middle of purchasing it, Audi are not going to put their logo on the car until it is an actual Audi, basically because I don't think they want to sort of burn that sort of car, right? They want they the big splash. They want to give it like a real good go. It's our car. Exactly. So it sounds like uh, it's going to be known as Sauber next year, and then they will have a new title sponsor for a couple of years. But So they will be, will be calling them Sauber, basically. I believe so. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, we don't call them like, what is it, like Kick? Or like steak, oh, steak, gross. right? Gross, gross. We don't Absolutely call not. them steak. Crypto scam nine thousand. Oh, sorry, that's what I said. The question are they a crypto loud. thing? Steak? Uh, I isn't it betting? It, it's gambling. I don't kick know. Kick is betting. I know, that. but kick no. and steak are they like two? Wait, no. Kick is a live stream platform. Steak is a crypto fueled betting platform. Awesome. I could be kind of. I wrong. love the two for there. You it's, know, let's get all. Do they sell cigarettes? That you, they probably have something <laughs> on there. Uh, <laughs> Man, oh man. We were joking today that like it's energy drinks now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the big news. If you missed it, uh, Monster Energy is defected from Mercedes and now they're sponsoring McLaren. I've been seeing some conjecture about this that I don't fully understand that like really because there's a sometimes I I want the story behind the thing. So I'll look at the Instagram comments to see what people are saying and like because then people argue with each other about it. And it seems like people are saying that like Monster will still sponsor Lewis. Because that is like a an individual thing. Hmm. Because I don't believe, to my memory, that Monster are a team sponsor. Oh, of interesting. Mercedes. Well, they have they have been, but maybe they weren't this year. Actually, I don't know that. Because uh, maybe maybe I don't know. Again, I'll tell you. Uh, the other day, at Target. They oh, actually, no, they still have it. They had little like uh, oh. displays up uh, when you go to the checkout. Photos of Lewis and saying, yeah. hey, Monster Energy, yeah. get tickets to the Las Vegas Grand Prix. He like, has to deal with them. Yeah. Because he makes drinks with them. They make like the Lewis Hamilton Monster. And there's, there's a Lewis Hamilton Monster? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He makes flavors with them. Like, they have flavors. I don't know. But I don't know if this is going to be the case. Like, what, you want to believe Instagram comments? I don't know. But, like, th- there's a story here. I don't know what it is. Uh, my expectation is if Monster want to get into this more mclaren is a better cheaper bet for them than mercedes like and i don't think mercedes have probably big enough space Mm. like and i wonder like how big is this deal they're going to be like a big sponsor they're going to replace like chrome because i think coke used to be the beverage sponsor of mclaren right i believe i know coke sponsored a team but i don't know yeah but very exciting sponsor news. That's uh, it tells you what what kind of caliber of season we had when we we're excitedly talking about sponsors. Look, when you are a true F one fan, you care about stupid stuff. Well, as the uh, team principal of Hurley Motorsport, you have to keep yeah. your eye on the bottom yeah. line to make sure that we're you've got well. the best funding. We're going well. Yeah, I messed up the uh, uh, the contract negotiations <laughs> and Uh-oh. accidentally lost. Uh, I had Jamie Chadwick racing with me. Yeah, and I was trying to get Lando. Yeah, Lando said no. Okay. And I took get Alex, and Alex said no, I didn't offer him enough money because okay. I went into the, the bidding part. Yeah. And then I was like, ah, forget it. I'll go spend the money on some uh, like upgrades for the factory. Really, thing. I hadn't actually renewed Jamie's <sighs> contract, so I didn't Mike, have enough no. money. No. So then she left, and now I have. Uh, uh, <laughs> then I have, didn't have a lot of money left. So I go, is it Jack Duhan? Yeah, 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 yeah. So Jack Duhan's my second driver now. Okay. But to be fair, Jamie Chadwick did not score a point half until halfway through the season. Well, that's unacceptable. And Duhan's doing about as good. So you should just say that she was fired because of insufficient performance, and not yeah. that you forgot to pay I your forgot, second driver. I forgot to renew her contract. You should work on the PR speak on that. Although one, you know. my my feeling on it really was like you know I offered her a little less than what it would have been mm. but now she's out of the sport so really she should have taken the money you know what you never want to wrong hurley motorsport yeah, it's just we will kick you out we will you spend will be... the money on snacks for the powertrain division <laughs> you will instead. overspend and yeah. get an fia slap on the wrist yeah. for extra snacks because so I'm doing, like, i you know because i'm i'm te- i'm owner driver right of course of course classic that's how that part of the season yeah. works yeah i am first so. Well, congratulations. I'm glad that you're carrying the team. But I'm, I'm no Max. Just, I haven't got a Max Verstappen kind of win. <laughs> That's not happening. I, it's just me. I haven't got one enough to, to really put us to Can you hire Adrian yet. Newey? I feel like that's probably your number. You should just spend all the money on Adrian and then just, you know. I'll have to look into that. Uh, all right. Let's look at the driver's standings. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Max Verstappen, you know, great. <laughs> 700 billion points. 575 very impressive. points. <laughs> that's, he should just say, can he like save some of those for next year? <laughs> yeah. Can I, can I roll them over? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I could, uh, Perez in at second, Hamilton in at third, Fernando Alonso in at fourth. Very so, like, impressive. scored all of that in the beginning of the season and brought <laughs> it through true. to the end. Charles Leclerc in at fifth. 
and uh, they had the same amount of points. Yes. So I believe it's that uh, and Alonso had a better uh, finishing. Yeah, I don't know if it's like how many podiums. I, I forget how they do it on podiums and how good. Yeah. Because I know they were talking at one point about they were talking about on, who was, who would be in fourth. Yeah. And someone referenced like because whichever driver had won a race, it would mean that they would yeah yeah because ahead. But neither of them won, so, so I assume it's probably whoever had best two point yeah, yeah uh, seconds or something. Yeah. So obviously Alonso had a better record than Charles. Yep. Lando Norris in at two hundred and five points. Carlos Sainz, 200 points at seventh. George Russell at eighth, which disappointing season for George. And he said yeah. the same. So it's like the worst. I think he said it's the worst season of his career. A little dramatic, but No, sure. but I understand that because it's like, obviously he had a lot of tough times at Williams. Yeah. But there was an expectation yeah, yeah, that yeah. he would be better than where he was. I mean, when your teammate's third and you're eighth. And he had a it. really good season last year. He did, yeah. George had a lot of really bad luck this year. Uh, like he he had more like he had like a bunch of car issues, a bunch of DNFs. Also, Nick Lewis outdrove him. Oh, Lewis did outdrive him yeah. this year. Last year, George was the better of the two. Yeah. This year, Lewis is better of the two. Yeah, and he somehow clawed third place. Lewis did a terrific, especially job. considering he got that disqualification. Yeah, because like he would have had like twenty something points more. Yeah, because it was a second place that yeah, he lost. Second right? place, yeah. yeah. I think he was second place in fastest lap, too, if I'm remembering right. But yeah. it doesn't matter. Uh, Oscar Piastri at ninth. Impressive. Incredible. Uh, Lance Stroll at 10th. Pierre Gasly at 11th. Esteban at 12th. It's also hilarious to me that they finished in the same. Yeah. Like, to kind of show how mid they also <laughs> both finished. And one was a bang in the middle. Like, could be more mid. Uh, Alex Albon at 27. Very points, impressive season. 13th. Yuki Tsunoda at 14th. Valtteri Bottas, 15. Then Hulkenberg, Ricardo, above Joe Guan Yu. Ricardo finished 17th. He raced like three races, <laughs> which is very well done to Danny Rick. I think I he got say. all those points in one race. Yes, though, he I did. Remember, yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, Joe Guan Yu at 18th. Kevin Magnussen, 19th. Liam Lawson. <laughs> I forget that this happened. That was the thing that I happened this year. As I just got to 20, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> that Liam Lawson, two points, scored. He's number 20. Uh, Logan Sargent, 20, 21st, with one point, which he, which Williams was so excited about, but he did <laughs> nothing to get it. Yep. And Nick DeVries, pouring out my dude. 22, <sighs> which is, again, like a thing where like you, you forget Liam Lawson was there. Like, no. oh, yeah, Nick DeVries, not a rookie, started the <laughs> season with AlphaTauri. So, okay, out of the uh, 22 drivers that we mm. had, who are some of the highlights? Like, what would be a couple of uh, people you actually want to go a little bit deeper on? I would say Oscar Piastri yeah. is a highlight. Yeah. Um, and it's probably the first highlight out of that top 10 for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, because everybody else is kind of falling. I mean, Alonso. Alonso like did terrific. It's great that Alonso's there, but he is a multi-world champion. Like, you know, like, it yeah. is Fernando Alonso. So, yeah. like, it's exciting that the team that he is in could put him in fourth, but Fernando Alonso being in fourth is kind of inevitable. Inherently yeah. surprising. Yeah. It's like give him a good car and he'll find his way, which is what happened. Um, but Oscar Piastri, like as a rookie season, unbelievable. I, I think they said. Um, I, I think I heard somebody say it's one of the best rookie seasons since the 60s or something well, like that. Well, it was probably the... Because uh, Lewis no, is rookie. Lewis. Yeah, since Lewis is. Yeah, yeah, Since yeah. Lewis, that's it. Yeah. The best rookie season since Lewis. The 60s was a different thing. Somebody was talking about... It was like a different stat. Someone said it. Yeah. It was... Oh, it was the first time a Japanese driver's led a race since the 90s. Oh, yeah, yeah. When, when Yuki, Yuki, Yuki did like three or four laps or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that... and. That to me, that stat is like kind of scary in a way, right? But for like Oscar Piastri, of yeah. like, oh, like there hasn't been someone this good since Lewis Hamilton's first. Like that is like, <laughs> what do we have here, right? It was it was very impressive for him. I, I'm I'm happy to see. Obviously, there was all the drama last year with the contract negotiation and him sort of bailing out of Alpine, which in hindsight, terrific makes them, move. It makes Alpine look even more stupid. Uh, yes, because they lost what who someone who probably could have beaten both Acon and Gasly realistically. Um, but yeah, yeah, very very solid season for Piastri. Um, I will throw a mention in for Lando. I mean, I know that yeah yeah. There's a lot of love for Lando. I think he was very consistent. He showed that like. 
that car got good and he immediately took advantage of it and racked up a ton of podiums. It's kind of sad for him that uh, Oscar got the sprint win and uh, Lando's still waiting on a win. Uh, but he got so many seconds. It's only a sprint win. Uh, you know, I know it's a it's, win. It's a like, win. If Lando won the sprint race, it wouldn't no. be a big deal. Yeah, that's fair. He's that's fair. Won, you know, great, you won the sprint, sprint race, but it's not a Grand Prix. That's true. And that's what they care about. Sprint race yeah. is great, you won a race. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, but it's not, it's almost like getting pole, right? Oh, great, sure. you got pole. But like, it's not like it's now your career's on a different level. Yeah. Nobody really talks about like, oh, and he got pole four times. It's like, no, he's like, he won two races. Yeah, yeah, You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it, it was, it was though, it was just one of those, like, we always know that Lando's fast. I always appreciate seeing a driver who's not only fast, but consistent. And when you see someone who yeah. has a good car and who maximizes it and comes P2, P2, P3, P2, like, that's, that's just really nice to I mean, see. But that's why I didn't consider him as, like, I agree with what you're saying. It's good to call him out, but the reason it's not a surprise to me sure. is I expect that of Lando. You know that he's top tier. He I, delivers top tier performances. He is world championship material. Yeah, like I do. believe of everybody on the grid, he would give Max the biggest challenge. Like That's a good question. I think he is yeah. the only driver who I feel like I see shades of the way Max drives. Mm-hmm. Lando does things that are maybe ill-advised but he pulls them off yeah and but what i prefer about lando is i don't really feel like he does them to other people mm-hmm. as much as max does yeah. but like lando it's like we were i think we were talking about this on our last episode right like when lando crashes he crashes hard <laughs> all and, or nothing baby and i feel like that that is and that is the mentality that i think he has yeah that would if you put him in the red bull seat alongside max I think could create like I think yeah. genuinely there would be a fight for the winner between the two of them, and, and I terrific. don't think that there are many other drivers on the grid who could do that because you've got to have that. It is a different. They all have a mentality of winning, but the way they go about it can be a little bit different. And and I think that Lando kind of has a little shade of that. Agreed. Agreed. I look forward to seeing it, and I think the McLaren are sitting in a good spot with some good momentum, two excellent drivers, uh, uh, fresh barrel of monster energy in the back of yeah, the of the pit they're they're ready to go energy powered look man we all need a little bit of energy sometimes i would uh, jump down to albon maybe yeah, next agreed it's, but like what a fantastic season for him yeah. 27 points like 13th like i love the stat that uh he beat logan Sargent. uh completely whitewashed him every single um uh, qualifying this uh this uh, season just the first time the driver's done that since max did it to him in red bull so oh that's such a good stat talk about that's a top beautiful yeah just coming back strong yeah um which maybe shows a little bit about the level of uh the top to the bottom of f1 drivers i guess maybe you could put it that way as well but it's clear that like he did a terrific job right i i alex albon is a he is a fantastic driver like and i just think that he I think it could be argued out of him and Pierre Gasly is who got chewed up by Red Bull the most, but they both got chewed up pretty bad. And and I yeah. think that, that the machine just like put them through it and they didn't survive it. Yeah. You know? And so like what is Alex Albon's true pace? Like I think it's much more than we might think it to be. Like, I, I think his time at Red Bull is not indicative of his skill as a driver. Yeah, because when he joined Red Bull, he had been driving F1 cars for like 10 minutes. And then yeah. he's like, all right, <laughs> go uh, go fight Max. Good luck. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, think I saw that recently, like a couple of days ago. Some, I saw someone talking about that online. Because I, I, was, I wasn't watching then from the start. But like he had no training time. No, he so his uh, first season was I think 2019, yeah. I believe, and um, going into that season when he got the drive, he had never even driven an F1 car. You know, most of these guys have done you know rookies or testing and private stuff and everything. He, I believe, got the I guess it was the um, Toro Rosso drive at the time, but he got that drive without having ever driven F1 at all. Yeah. And then, you know, halfway through this rookie season in a bottom-tier team, he got elevated to be Max's teammate at Red Bull. So talk about dropping in. And actually, I saw an interview with him where he was talking a little bit about this recently. And he was discussing how... Because the, the question, it was, it was really well articulated. The question was about how he feels like... Uh, it was something to the effect of, is like the Red Bull car designed just for Max? And he answered like, no, it's not. It's just very pointy, but the way he described it was so eloquent because essentially it was like 
the car is incredibly pointy and Max has like some supernatural ability to just deal with it. He, like, he, he described it as if you have your mouse, if you're like, you have like a gaming mouse, whatever, you crank the DPI up to like a billion. And that's how like, like twitchy it is. And he's just saying how like when you have something that's that twitchy, if you lose the confidence, you slow down. And when you slow down, like the whole thing sort of crumbles. So he didn't say, he wasn't using this as an excuse. He was trying to use this as an explanation for why a pointy car is a thing. But it quickly turned into a thing where it's like you can see that like he was basically like, you know, after digesting it for a while and really thinking about it, it's like, oh, I couldn't live with just how fast and pointy that car is. And Max could. And you can see that he's sort of like grown a lot more confident with a car that's not quite so edgy and pointy all the time, which is probably the fastest way if you are a robot. You gotta or, have, well, you got to have that driving style, right? Yeah. Um, and like, this is the thing where like people talk about the drivers and the cars and put them in the same, you can't put two drivers in the same cars because if a car is built around a different and they're not going to have the same result, right? Yeah. Because there are different driving styles and cars. Like, I'm sure that Red Bull continue with this philosophy because Max, like, I, I feel like well, self, they're going to make the car slower. Prophecy, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Like it, it, they're not going to, maybe another team, if two drivers couldn't deal with that, they would adjust the way the car was. Right. But because I've heard, like you know, the, the the way a lot of drivers, where the way they approach curves, mm-hmm. like do they like go in and put the brakes down and take off, or do they yeah. like to slow down? And, and like different cars mm-hmm. are built around that style. Yeah. Or you can tweak, but you, it's hard for a driver to change their style. Absolutely. So like, yeah, you saw I that with Danny Rick, right? Yeah. Like he spent several years trying to get used to a car he was not familiar with, yeah. and sort of lost a lot of his sort of natural learned ability for the, you know the, the decade before that he'd been yeah. driving yeah i don't really feel like there's anybody else past no. that, that surprises me at all i mean uh, I, I will just give a shout out i mean i'm just personally a fan of yuki i think he did a yeah pretty good job importantly he did not get destroyed by devries which i think was a concern going in he held up relatively well against uh liam lawson i think uh, lawson looked i mean his stand-in performances looked mighty impressive but i think importantly for yuki he also has held up pretty well against danny rick so like i think across the board you gotta look at yuki as having a very solid season and i think he continues to prove why he deserves that seat even though obviously the longevity of that is largely based on how long honda kind of want to pay for his seat which is maybe yeah, not the greatest I, I know people say that but like i also feel like he is putting in a performance that's good enough to keep him around yeah the problem is though is that there's no upward mobility for him like he's never going a red bull drive like i just that's just not gonna happen i just yeah. don't i can't like red bull are gonna go find someone else before they well they have, they have an entire program yep right like they have their entire driver program and they're gonna wanna do, they want to do they're going to want to keep someone from that program in it yep. he's part of the family but he's not in the red bull program right uh i think drive. actually i i do believe that he did go up through the red bull oh, okay ranks. i Fair think enough. he did but I think he's sort of at risk. It's sort of what happened to Pierre. It's like I think he's sort of plateauing at AlphaTauri, which to be yeah. fair is, is you know it's fine. But I mean, he's still uh, in it. But uh, yeah, I, I'll be curious to see. Hopefully, Yuki can stick around for another couple of years. Maybe get an Aston drive or something uh, once Honda comes in for for them. Hmm. Um, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, do we have anything else we need to go over? Or are you ready to? No, uh, let's take a pit. All right, it's time, my friends. For the final pit stop of 2023. <laughs> uh, now, there's an added advantage here. So, we have to have uh-huh. a little asterisk, much like Top Gear used to do when there was a wet track versus dry track. So, we're in person here. So, Mike, I don't know if you ever know this, but whenever I hit the start button because we record separately normally, there's usually about a second of latency. So, you're going to have an extra bonus oh, here. Oh, wow. This is yeah. great. So, it's me. almost like you can start putting your wheel nut on, the wheel gun on as the car is stopping. Okay. So, okay. just don't, don't blow it, but we've got no, this. That's not good, is it? Okay. So, no yeah. pressure. Okay. But Fastest lap of the season. Ready, set, go. This episode of The Backmarkers is brought to you by Bitdefender, a global leader in cybersecurity. In the world of Formula One racing, every millisecond counts, and cybersecurity is no different in stopping attacks. Just like a driver needs a helmet for protection, using a device without proper protection can lead to serious consequences. When it comes to protecting your digital life, you want the best security possible, and that is what Bitdefender provides. Bitdefender is a company driven by a mission for top performance in technology and innovation, and they put their customers Customer needs first and foremost. As a global leader in cybersecurity, Bitdefender has been recognized time and time again for its commitment to excellence. They've won numerous awards for their innovative solutions and dedication to customer satisfaction. Plus, they're trusted by millions of people around the world to keep their digital lives safe and secure, all while constantly pushing the boundaries of what's possible in the world of cybersecurity. 
What sets Bitdefender apart is their focus on innovation and technology. They're always at the forefront of new developments in cybersecurity, working tirelessly to stay ahead of the latest threats. They use advanced machine learning algorithms to detect and block all kinds of threats in real time. And they provide multi-layered protection that keeps you safe from all kinds of online threats, including zero-day attacks. If you want to protect your digital life with the best security possible, trust Bitdefender. Their leadership in cybersecurity is underpinned by a desire to serve customer needs first and foremost. Head to bit.ly slash discoverbitdefender to learn more about Bitdefender and find out more about the best cybersecurity solution for you. That's bit.ly slash discoverbitdefender. Go there now. Our thanks to Bitdefender for their support this show on all of Real FM. <laughs> Woo! 139! That was yes! four seconds faster. Come on! Good was, job. the latency, see? Her Hurley Motorsport has the, the financial time? backing. It was 139.04. Okay. That was mightily impressive. That was speedy today. You know what? You may have gotten a speeding penalty as I you were did. pulling out. But it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, the FIA are on we'll break. It at the end of the show. It's uh, <laughs> you have to sit here silently for ten seconds yep. before we can continue on. Uh, very impressive, my friend. Very before impressive. we finish up by reviewing our predictions, there are just a couple of things I wanted to touch on with the season and maybe looking forward to next year. Okay, check up. <sighs> I think it's set. He did the job. Oh yeah, he's he's set for twenty twenty four. I agree. You with think that. so? Like oh, yeah, there's yeah. still, you know, I'm sure I there's mean, still people that are, I will say, wonder. I mean, this is a fluid And it is Red Bull, so you never know. Man. Yeah. So they I, kick people out mid-season. Yeah, you that's, think they wouldn't do it through the Christmas break? I don't know. So I'm pretty confident Checo will have a drive for next year. I think if his first half of next year is a disaster, then maybe at the mid-season break they might kick him out. Okay. But I think Checo is relatively safe as long as he does okay throughout next year. I think after 2024... Very low chance that Checo continues to Red Bull. Look, I think it's next year and that's clean, it. right? But he got there. And he has given them something they've never had, yep. which is a one-two. Yep. And so, like, was it tidy? No. But he's still second, and he's second by a good margin. Yeah. So, like, yeah. that's fine. Logan Sargent. So, it's interesting that he is not... He's the only driver right now who does not have a confirmed seat for 2024. Um, there's a lot... I think it's a difficult decision to make for Williams because I don't think anyone can say that Sargent did a lot to own that seat this year. And, and I would say he also wasn't a disaster. He well, wasn't he crashed great. a lot. He crashed a fair bit. Yeah, but I compare him to like Mick Schumacher. I would get to Mazepin. I would say that he was closer to Mazepin than Schumacher uh, as far as it was yeah, rough. It was, a, right. it was a pretty rough year. I mean, he got completely obliterated by Albon. He didn't do a lot. Well, like my thought is that he's only going to stick around for next year. If they find the financial backing of having an American driver, which to be fair, uh, you know, I saw him on like, um, what, uh, what's their, uh, what's the battery company? Uh, Duracell. Duracell. Yeah. I've seen him in like Duracell ads and whatnot. Um, but here's the thing. Like what, is the alternative, right? Like, could they really try to get someone else in? I mean, like you could always look at like Lawson or someone, if they could like borrow him for a year, but like, ultimately what does that do for them? Like, well, okay. You say that they have Alex Albon. Can they clone him? No, but like Alex Albon brought them, what's it, what did you say? 28 points. Or whatever? Saw 27, I think. And put them to seventh. Yeah. What if they doubled those points? Right. By putting, that's some, true. That is true. And, and the thing is, what they have with Alex Albon is just an experienced driver. Clearly, the car can do it. Yeah, it's fair. There are other people out there who have driven before yeah. and have done decent and maybe don't have a seat anymore. Right? That's a good point. You could probably make the argument, say, take Lawson, for example. You could probably make the argument that Lawson would have easily gotten, well, they maybe not would have been able to overhaul anyone else, but they would have done significantly better than barely getting seventh, I think, if they had a mm -hmm. more competent. So, um, he's not been confirmed. It does seem like maybe they're leaning toward keeping him because they've kind of said some stuff along the lines of like, oh, you know, we look forward to keeping you on our journey and a lot of the sort of corporate, yeah, like keeping our options James open. James basically reneged that immediately. Like he's like, oh, yeah, because he's in the driver program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was like, oh, <laughs> that didn't fill me with confidence. I, 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 I don't know. I, it, it seems I, like a hard decision, right? Because what are you going to, like what options do they have? I really? Mean, I don't know. But I, if, if I was James, I would do my best to get Liam Lawson in for a season. I would. Okay. Even if knowing that he's only going to be around for a year, 
I don't think Logan did a good enough job to deserve that seat. I think it was a, it was a super scrappy season. The fact that he got one point, I think, is probably overstating how strong his campaign was. I just... I, I, obviously, it sucks to say that someone should be fired, yeah. but I just don't know if he deserves to be in the 20 best drivers yeah. on the planet list. It's I think little, they little have tough. waited to see if there were any dominoes. I agree. And but there's nothing. That hasn't happened. And they also, I think, were waiting to see if he would actually own that seat. Like, hey, put in some. Like, I think if he would have done like one terrific I performance. Know. I don't know. Does one good race erase like 20 others? Like, it's better I, than I, not. I feel like they will maybe and maybe still are waiting to see like. You know, like if the Checo thing happens, mm-hmm. and then like Checo goes somewhere else, and someone sure, else goes, and then sure, like just who could they pick up, that's right? Yeah, yeah, that's that fair. isn't gonna happen. It seems like now, yeah. You know, like maybe they had their eyes set on like Yuki or Danny or like you know someone like oh, put them next to Alex. We've got a good, experienced driver. Like we can yeah. push to do more. Yeah. But neither is there really seeming like there's anyone out there that would. I mean, you know, they, there's the new F2 champion, Theo Pochier, but he's in the Alpha Academy. Like, because I know yeah. what they like about Logan is he's in their driver academy. Well, and it's, uh, which is why they did the work for him. It's much easier to get a driver who's already on your payroll to yeah. move up versus paying someone else to steal them away or borrow so, them or something. And then if you're borrowing a driver, it is certainly going to be a short-term band-aid that you're still gonna have. To, you're just kicking the can down the road till next year to hope that someone comes through. So, yeah, I, if I were to take a guess, clearly not a predict. Uh, we can't even do predictions yet. We'll have to wait, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I don't think he's gonna. I think come next year. I think you're probably right. I think he's gonna get another season. I don't know. I just don't think he's gonna get another season. You don't think? Like, I think, think Logan Sargent not next year. Logan, I don't think Logan will be the driver. I oh. I'm not confident that I don't think. I oh, think they're okay. gonna be someone else. When you started this, you seemed confident. No, no. I'm I'm so like you think 2024 starts and it's not Logan Sargent and I think someone not named Logan Sargent will be driving a Williams next year. I, I'm not confident in that, but if I were to had to take a guess, I would put slightly more emphasis on. I would like. I think like 60-40 odds that Logan is not driving for Williams next year. Okay. Do you have any... So I already referenced my uh, surprises, Aston and McLaren. Yeah. Uh, My disappointments of the season, Mercedes and Ferrari, I just think neither of the teams really did enough, right? Like they didn't do enough to, to, to get closer to Red Bull. Like... Not to win, but like to get closer. No, it felt like they fell back further, right? It yeah. didn't feel like they were gaining. They're only gaining on each other and the rest of the team. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the teams. Do you have any surprises, disappointments that are different? So, I mean, certainly surprises would be Aston and McLaren both doing relatively well and actually having some momentum. But no, I think to me, it's much more the disappointments. I think Alpine uh, looked like a disaster this year. I, I, we're starting to see some unharmonious behavior between the drivers who, you know, there's a big talking point going into the season they that they didn't like each other, other or something. They, they haven't liked each other apparently for a long time. Yeah, and, yeah. And there was talk about like, oh no, they're good friends again. But like, it no, has transpired to not seem to be the case. And yeah. Also, Alpine, it seemed to be making it worse for themselves, yeah. right? Like by making weird team decisions. It just feels like that's a team that doesn't have a clear goal or strategy. It feels like they're just kind of just existing, treading water until... The Rock buys the rest of the team or whatever. I don't know. Um, I'll also say uh, Haas and Alfa Romeo both look shaky. So Haas, you know, they put a lot of emphasis on this new car and everything. Uh, This is their worst position since, uh, what, when they had Mazepin when they, like, did that one year where they just forgot to race and didn't try because, like, oh, we'll just save our money for next year. Like It's a shame because they had a good season last year. They looked good, and it looked like they were on an upswing, and this year it's just been, like, the back constantly. And you look at, like, you know, uh, F1's fighting so hard against Andretti coming in. It's like, man, you got to assume that they, uh, you know, Gene Haas is like, man, maybe I should have just sold the team. Like, whatever, let's just get rid of this thing. you deal with it uh, but also uh sauber i think if there have been rumors that audi are getting some cold feet which they've you know denied which of course they are um they are relatively committed but there is a new ceo at audi now who was not part of the original team who said yes let's do f1 and i'm assuming as they look at the enormous piles of cash that they're burning and all the other forms of motorsport they've had to pull out of to fund this f1 project and you look at the very lackluster performance of the team you can imagine that there may be again i don't know how true the cold feed rumors are but like audi i'm not surprised they don't want to slap their name on a team who's barely ninth out of a 10 car constructor like that's, yeah, that's not a good look that's weird to me though right cuz like it- <laughs> they're paying to not. They're paying to not have their name on the car right now. But isn't the goal though that like they're going to completely redo the car and the team? So like, Correct. what difference does it make how they're performing now? You know what I mean? Well, I, I know what you're saying, but yeah. like, if your plan is you're going to build your own engine and build your own car, why do you care about the current engine and current car and current drivers? Because apparently, 
Yeah. Th- like they've got Carlos signs somehow. Like supposedly. Like it's, it's like it's going to be a completely different team. Like why do you care about how they're currently I think performing? They're banking on the idea that you know this is when the project begins, which is 2026. This is when they're going to have their engine. This is going to be all sort of the real proper Audi team. I don't. I think they want to save that as a big moment. I don't yeah, want. Yeah. I don't think that they want to burn that early. So I think I get that, but I don't know why that would give you cold feet, right? Because well, they're probably looking at like, oh wait. How much? Like, are they? They're probably afraid they're burning all this money, and they might not be any better. Like, they're basically again. My my impression is that oh, maybe we're buying into a very very dysfunctional project that is going to struggle to be better than eighth mm. or seventh, even in after a year or two. That's odd. I mean, I, I see what you're saying, but it's like, it's not like uh, they're not like a big title sponsor. You know what I mean? True. They're like effectively gutting. It seems like yeah, yeah, taking Sauber and just like really they're. So there's a thing in the in the UK a long time ago where uh, people wanted to start banks. Like you have these new like mm-hmm. startups or whatever. Yeah. And getting a banking license was very hard to do. But if you bought a company mm-hmm. that had one, you inherited it. Yeah. And this is what the Audi thing feels like to yeah, me. Like they they would the like to join F1, but no, they can't get in. So they're just buying a team, gutting the team and starting again. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but it feels to me like how they're representing themselves. Smart. And so if that's the case, then like, I don't, unless the, this new CEO just doesn't like the idea at all, but it feels like the plan hasn't changed. Like they're just waiting. Yeah, time. I agree. I, it seems much more so like rumors. And, you know, again, Audi have said, nope, 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 we're still doing it. We're still doing it. But I mean, as well, you're pot committed at some point. <laughs> like, no, of course. Yeah. They've, they've, like, everyone's literally building the thing right yeah. now. But yeah, there's just, uh, I think there's probably a little bit of something to these rumors. I don't know if it's quite as accurate as, you know, you, you might, might think, but it's just. I don't think anyone at Audi is looking at the team that they're spending a bajillion dollars right now, and they're, they don't have a warm fuzzy right now, I guess no. is what I'll say. No. Well, I mean, you wouldn't, would you? Anything else? No, I think that's about it. I just uh, look forward to 2024, and um, I want to see if Max can uh, clinch it before the summer break, because he was really slacking this year. It was just a was long, slow slog. I want to see if he do it in testing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can he get it done in testing? You know, he might. He might. If he laps the field in testing. He's going to do it he, again, right? Oh, he's doing it again. You reckon he's doing it again? Oh, of course. I don't think there's any question. Do you think anyone will get closer, like, realistically? If I was going to put money on someone, I would put money on Mercedes being They've a got challenge. to know right now. They've got to know yeah. now what they need to do. Well, they've, uh, Toto, I feel like the other day was just saying, how like, oh, yeah, next year's car, all new. Old one, in the garbage. Completely brand new, all brand fresh start. Like they're still saying it's a co- they're a couple of years away from, like... Yeah. Well, of course, they don't want to say, hey, we're going to beat Red Bull next year. But, like, genuinely, dumb. if they do not impress in, like, the first couple of races, I don't want to do it anymore. Because, like... Yeah. Surely at this point they can look at McLaren and be like, "We need to build one of those because yeah. it's their engine. Yeah. Yeah, they, they should be it. able to outperform it." Yeah. And okay. so, like, I, I have hope for them, more hope for them to come this coming season because they seem to understand that they just messed up. Yeah, right? I agree. I agree. Because then they've been very clear on that. It's like we had a platform; it did not work. Yeah, and like they they took another year to try and refine on that platform. And then they realized, no, this just does not work. And one of the ways that I've been able to think about this recently is think about to the Vegas race, guy. Right? Because mm-hmm. you're thinking to yourself, like, it's easy to think, like, how do you not know it's going to, right? Like, yeah. you have all of this technology, all this knowledge, the wind tunnel time. How do you know that the car's gonna, not going to work? And then I think about, like, the manhole covers at Vegas. There was no way to know mm-hmm. what was going to happen until you mm-hmm. put an F1 car on the track. Yep. And like, that is it. You've got to put those cars on the track. Like, you can do as many computer simulations as you like, but you've got to put it on the track. You'll put the driver in it, see how it feels to drive. Like, that Mercedes, imagine it could be as fast as a Red Bull, but no one's, no one's got the guts to drive it like that because it's unstable. <laughs> sure. Like, that's what they say, right? Like, the, the car is unstable and it yeah. doesn't give confidence to the drivers yeah which is why like sometimes they seem to do well and sometimes they don't it depends on the track like yeah but Very I, not, I know it's not as fast but it's like the point i'm making is that car could have more in it yeah but it does not instill confidence in the drivers behind the wheel so Absolutely. we'll see what happens next time yeah all right predictions time so ready i'm so ready all right i'm gonna we're gonna do it in the the document so we'll run through my three then your three you want to go you want to go three or you want to go back and forth let's go back and forth. let's go back and forth so this is my first one is the one i've not been able to stop thinking about and it was haunted me and i'm sorry lando norris out qualifies oscar piastri every session he finishes categorically wrong nope i'll just write that down for future reference um yeah that was a little bit of a bold one i I won't Rub salt in the wound. But yeah, uh, Oscar did pretty good. He surprised me. 
Yeah. So it's anyway, I think he surprised and, everyone. And I think it was not anything against him. It was purely based on how good Lando is. That was where I was coming yes. from. Yes. Well, it just seemed unlikely to me that yeah. a rookie yeah. could come in and out-qualify him and yeah. he did do it. And, and it wasn't and even like was a surprised. random one-off of like a no. wet qualifying or whatever. Like he actually just objectively yeah, was he, fast in Lando some In the weekends. season, he's out-qualified him. He's beaten him in races. Mm-hmm. He's beaten him on podiums. Like He won his every, race. Yeah. And, and he finished second. Lando finished third at one race. Like yeah. he has had as good a season as he could have possibly had, I feel like. Yeah. And so... Bravo, Oscar Piastri. What's your first? Red Bull will have the comfortably fastest car. Now, I know, obviously, that one was a no-brainer. So, I was a little bit more specific. Max wins the Drivers' Championship with three races to go. Yeah. I lost that because he won it with six races to go. (laughs) Wait. No, you won that. Okay, but I was... No, because what you're saying there is it wasn't that, right? Like It was at least three. Yeah, That's how I read that. That's that's a charitable... Yes, yes. But I know that's what you meant. I meant that he was easier (laughs) than winning. And he did. So I think... Four, no. I I can give that one a yes, right? You got that one. Okay. Which now I'm looking back at it. I mean, it's hindsight, right? I'm like, that's that was like, what is that? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, Ooh, the the winners are winners again. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, look, uh, you made fun of me because it was a safe bet, yeah. and it was a safe bet. But I'm gonna print maybe 2024 and 2025 predictions. The Maxwell's win those, so I'm just gonna just put that right there. All right. Okay. Those, those aren't official. Here's oh. some uh, copium from me. All right. Okay. Go ahead. Red Bull win the first five races, then things start to get shaken up. That's true. Now, what I was. I, no, no, it's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they won the first five, and then like 10 more after that. And then finally, Carlos won a race, and then the whole season was different after Red Bull won the rest of the races. What I was going for is that like there would start to be advancement, which I think that there was, but not in the way that I meant it. Like, and so you, what I'm saying is like Aston Martin started to pull up, right? And you're like, oh. Yeah, well, McLaren, around that time, maybe a little later, that's when McLaren started to be But I don't so think that, that I got, I don't, you, if you're going to give me this, it's charitable, because what I was saying was, People are challenging for wins. And that did not happen for the entire okay. season. All right, fine. Right, like my thought was they've got it in the bag, but then there'll be some upgrades, which they were, but those upgrades didn't even come close. Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, next prediction for me. Aston Martin will be better this year, and specifically they'll end up at fifth in the constructors at least. Which you got. They were. It is exactly fifth. Look at you. Look, I got wrecked last year, so I'm glad that these came, came back through. strong. Here's the thing, though. Uh, it wasn't, a again, a super bold prediction just because Aston looked pretty good in testing. No, but it was bold. Okay, well, thank you. Uh, That's very, genuine, very, very like, I don't think at testing... We expected what they what they. They did. looked good. They looked promising, but it wasn't like a sure sort of thing. Um, and in fact, uh, for a lot of the season, they were fourth, and even they were third for a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I, I'll just I'll just take the one. I guess. Well, look at you. <laughs> and then one rookie will outperform his teammate on points. So we actually need to do some math on this. I don't know. Is I that true? I don't think it happened. So who are the rookies this year? So DeVries, uh, obviously. Yeah. You know. Um, Sergeant, no. Um, Lawson doesn't count. Um, who are the other rookies? Um, L- and then Piastri. Piastri. He, he was the only other rookie? Oh, yeah, I guess so, yeah. huh? It didn't happen. So what I was going for here was that DeVries would be better Beat than Yuki. Yuki. I mean, that would have been the safe money going That in. was what I... and Because everyone was kind of thinking that that might happen. But yeah. DeVries was a disaster. I, feel, I still feel bad for him, you know what I mean? Like, his, you know his career is over yeah he's, he's never coming back but now i agree but also it's just it makes you, me sad something you just think about there's, these 20, there's 20 f1 drivers there's not 22 or 24 or 26 like which he is nice didn't even get one season uh, well yeah that you know I'm that does seem a little unfair I agree. It, but like that's yeah. rough like if you think about some of the guys that did <laughs> yeah right yep. and like he didn't even get a full season and he was gone <laughs> well you know what uh, he's moved on to greener pastures. Has he? <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's on F zero. Okay. Damn, oh, F zero the uh, SNES game. All right. Final prediction for me: there will not be an eleventh team confirmed by the last race. Look at you, man. I think three that, for three. Uh, like so, Andretti. I will give full credit. Andretti's way closer than it's I would have thought. It's not done. It's not done exactly. I would have thought that at this point. They would have given up and been done. But since they made that prediction, Andretti have uh, not only you know done the full works thing. They've just said that we're oh we're gonna have Cadillac on board. They've even said that we're gonna have Cadillac build our engines. I mean, it, like obviously this is a little bit up in the air. It's gonna take a little bit for it to be confirmed. But FIA have approved them. It's really just Liberty and F1 are holding them back. Do you think they're gonna do it? I at this point, 
what could they possibly how could any team possibly argue this they said okay well, they want the money no of course but like so the reasons were oh we want to make sure that you're serious right we want you to buy another team he tried to buy um uh was it Haas? no he, well, i think he tried to buy Haas, but also i think he had tried to get um sauber as well before audi right so you know, the Andretti team, they tried to buy a team. They were not able to do that. So next, they decide to enter by themselves. Everyone goes, oh, you're not serious enough. You need to come up with a constructor. So he goes and gets GM with Cadillac to bring in an actual works deal as a constructor. And they go, oh, that's not good enough. You need an engine. So they get GM to commit preemptively to building an engine for a team that has not even been confirmed on the grid. What could they possibly... And the FIA has already said, yep, this is a great team. It's all good to go. Like, I... Short of pure and absolute greed, there's no way that they can deny it at this point. Oh, it should happen, and I want it, it just, to happen. <sighs> I just don't think it's going to. Because every other team, whenever they're asked, is just like, nah, man. I mean, I think the only sticking point now, realistically, is that there's that $200 million anti-dilution fee um, to become a new team, which is currently in the regs. And I think that uh, all the teams want that to be like a billion dollars, which just seems stupid. I just, I'm sure that we will hear about this, uh, you know, at some point next year they're obviously gonna have to make a decision on this one way or another really quickly but it just if they shut this down after all that andretti's done i just it is impossible for a team to ever join formula one ever i don't like, understand ever. how in a cost cap era this can't happen i yeah because in a non-cost cap era i understand it right like if well, you're an F1 team, no, I understand, but like I see what I see what yeah, they're trying yeah. to do. They're like they want all the sponsors. Right? Well, it's it's that, but it's also the, the, the prize money. money they get from F1. Yeah. So here's the thing: I think the teams would be okay with an 11th team if the extra money doesn't get instead of being split 10 ways, being split 11 ways. If F1 themselves and that the promoters, just feels like they the logical put more money in. way to do it anyway. Like that, if you're yeah. gonna add a team, you add like you pro the an increase in the prize money. You would think so, but that comes directly out of F1's bottom line. Well, and basically, this is all a fight over who pays for this thing, and the answer is no one wants to pay the extra money, which just feels... But like, I do feel like the teams shouldn't have to share, right? Like, I do yeah, think... Yeah, that, that's like, fair. Because that's, they build their whole business around this. Yeah. It's not up to them. Yeah. They don't care. It doesn't benefit the teams at all if another team joins. It actually makes it harder Right, yeah, like that's if true. you're fighting for points down at the bottom, and now there's another team in the mix, you don't want that. Yeah. So like F1 have to increase the prize money. If they do that, there can't be an argument in my opinion anymore. And then they, they just have to forward. cough up another. But Liberty have to say, yeah, we're going to get the moment. Exactly. And I don't understand what they want because they only want to grow in America, and this is the USA, I USA, all agree. American team. They could have <laughs> fueled with indie races, right? Like it's all it's going to be. Uh, you know, like they, it's weird. To they me. spend all their money on the paddock building in uh, vegas so unfortunately <laughs> no more money for the team sorry but yeah that uh, you crushed I feel, it this i feel year. so now we're much. at one win each well it's time for this tiebreaker in 2024 mike this is yeah we'll be a, this is great yeah it was a good year i enjoyed it it was fun and i look forward to us hanging out in vegas and the uh monster energy mclaren paddock building where we're all be you're switching energy drink this year, huh? Well, uh, Monster, you <laughs> if you want to build a paddock building and you want to uh, <laughs> give Mike and I some tickets, we'll we'll record live. We'll I, commentate. I'll even say I like Monster. You I've, know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if that's that is, what they want, that is so. I just everyone buys that so easily. Yeah, I'll tell them I like it if, but, if they want to give us tickets to come down. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode and for this season. We'll be back next year. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, and. See you next year.